0: Pam tells me it was the sound of that of my truck coming around the corner that got her attention right then and there. And, and then I'm told as she moved towards the laundry room, this small little laundry room where a washer and dryer is, and that's about all that can fit there, she heard the sound of the garage door going up. And as I pulled my truck in and parked it and opened the door, I heard this distinct sound dong, 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 with a little bit of dancing of little feet on the ground. And it was my dog, Queenie. And this goes back a number of years ago to my dog. She's with Jesus now, apparently, but uh, or wherever dogs go. I don't know. You can figure that out. Uh, but she came as a stray to my grandparents' ranch uh, up in the San Joaquin Valley. And they woke up one morning, and there she was. And uh, when they went to be with Jesus, uh, they this dog came to be with us uh Australian cattle dog and Queenie took me on many nightly walks that was why she was so excited when i got home and in youth ministry i'd get home late at night often and and uh she would just be ready to go and she did that with me for probably about a decade uh i don't know about other dogs but this dog this dog was always pumped and ready to go for a walk they were just uh, man, just pumped and ready to go. So excited. As I got me thinking, how many of you take walks? So a number of you take walks. I'm not talking across the kitchen to get some more, something more out of the refrigerator, but or but the counter of brownies like I did last night a couple times. Uh, but I'm just talking about the idea of walking. You know, I, I did a little bit of research and the average walking speed, average walking speed is three miles per hour. The circumference of the earth is 25,000 miles, and to understand that, it would take you 347 days if you walked at three miles per hour nonstop to walk around the circumference of the earth. Okay, I knew you'd appreciate that kind of trivia, Uh, but if you did that constantly, you would need new shoes. I researched, and maybe kids, as you're going back to school, you're like, yeah, well, I've walked 500 miles. About the average length of a pair of shoes lasts about 500 miles, give or take. So if you're going, hey, I have 500 right there, let's let's go to the store. But for Jean Bélivoux, a French Canadian from Montreal, he went through a lot of shoes. Because in 2011, he finished an 11-year 46th 1,600 mile walk throughout the earth. Unbelievable to think about this nonstop. His wife would meet him for Christmas for a few weeks, and that was all that he saw of her, saw of one another for uh, those 11, 11 years. His goal was to raise awareness for uh, peace. For children, that was basically what it was to uh, resist violence towards kids, and so that's what he did. I'm, I'm sure if we were to chat with him, he would have amazing story. You can Google Jean Beliveau; you will get a hockey player, but then look for Jean Beliveau the Walker, and you'll get his info. My guess is is that all of us could share stories about the walks we've been on. Those of you who raised hands, you could think maybe, oh, I remember this one time I was on this particular walk, and this or that happened. Well, did you know that the Bible refers to the relationship of being with God, being a Christian, a believer's relationship with God as being a walk, as being a walk? In other words, it's a common metaphor found throughout Scripture is this idea of going for a walk or walking. When I looked through my Bible and came up with some verses, I thought this was interesting. Let me just give you The whole counsel of Scripture of how big of a metaphor this is. In Leviticus 26, 3 and 4, I put this up on the screen for you. If you walk in my statutes and observe my commandments and do them, then I will give you your rains and their season. So God is speaking here through Moses and giving the law. If we go over to the book of poetry, for example, in Psalms 119.1, 119.1, blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. We go into the prophets in Ezekiel. He prophesied this, I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. In other words, God's saying to Ezekiel, prophesy, communicate this. Let people know the importance of walking according to God's ways. You jump to the New Testament and the Gospel of John. Jesus put it this way, I am the light of the world, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And in, in the epistle of the letter of Colossians two, verse six, therefore as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. My point is, is that as you go through scripture, no matter where you want to go, you're going to find this word walk, you're going to find this metaphor that's common throughout the entire council of scripture, as though God was trying to get our attention about what it means to be in relationship with him and to use this metaphor and the idea of walk. Walk. Well, let me ask you a question then if this is what the metaphor relates to. Let me ask you this question. How would you describe your walk with God today? How would you describe that? If you and I were sitting down knee to knee over a cup of coffee or whatever it is you prefer to drink and we were talking, i go, how's your walk with God? Would it be like Chad's walk? Let's say Chad is a person who's been walking with God for, I don't know, 40 years and Chad's had some challenging times through his journey of life, like we all do. Uh, but Chad's marriage is good, kids are good, job is good, house is good. I mean, if you were to say, Chad, explain your walk with Christ right now, and he was to simply say, No complaints. I could, but really at the end of the day, I look at it and where God has taken me and the journey I'm on, I really got no complaints. But then maybe you're like Chelsea. Let's say Chelsea's about the same age or so, married, kids, whatnot. She's a stay-at-home mom. And there's challenges that go with that, as you moms know. And, and, And for her, she's known the Lord. She walks with him. She reads her Bible regularly. But for her... If you were to say, do you have some complaints? She said, yeah, I have a couple. I said, well, like what? Well, I've been praying for better health for myself. I'm still praying. I'm waiting for God to answer. I could tell you other stories of people who have been praying and waiting for God to answer. That's kind of what the walk is like. If, like, God, are you walking with me? And she's caring for those in her family who have special needs as well. And just kind of, that's a journey for her. So you say, well, how would you describe your walk today? She's going, man, I love to be walking, but right now I'm crawling. Life's just got me weighted down. It's just a hard journey right now. And I'm doing good to Crawl. I don't know where you are in the spectrum to describe your walk with God, assuming you've come to know Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What that walk would be like, somewhere between Chad and Chelsea, perhaps. Whoever describes you best today, the Bible tells us that God wants to walk with you. This is amazing to me, because when I consider what the scriptures say, it's amazing to me what I read in Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love for this, and while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The hymn goes, amazing love, how can it be that thou, my God, just died for me? To to consider that we have a God who seeks sinners to come and walk with him. I I don't want to be the person that goes, yeah, 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 I, I get that. I still want to be amazed at that. I still want to be moved by that. You know, when I think about my dog, back to Queenie for a moment, the idea of saying to her, do you want to go for a walk? I didn't even have to get that far. (laughs) It was go for a. It was go for a. And she was fired up. The, The tail hitting the washing machine there, dong dong, just going, just so excited. She loved getting to go for a walk that she got to do that, that she got to go out. <laughs> it's the idea of us getting to walk with God. As I thought about this, I was sitting there thinking in my preparation, I remember a message that the Pastor Mike gave on July 28th. It was the truth of the gospel. And, and one of the things I circled and highlighted in this was, this is a comparison between the gospel of grace and the gospel of law. The gospel of grace says this, it is what you get to do and want to do out of your love for Jesus, that you get to walk with him. Because of all this and all what Christ has done, it was in the notes this way, it is not that I have to go to church, it's that I get to go to church. It's not that I have to read my Bible, it's that I get to read my Bible. It's not that I have to tithe, it's that I get to tithe. It's not that I have to serve, but that I get to serve. And I just thought of that in my dog going, man, I get to go for a walk. And I wonder how many times in our journey in walking with God that we look at it as a way of going, I was once a sinner and God demonstrated his love for this, that he died for me. And I get to be in relationship with me. I get to do that. Not that I have to, and sometimes it feels that way. Maybe for Chelsea and that crawl. But that I get to do this, this just amazes me to think about this, to walk with God. I don't know where you are today, but we call it the ABCs of becoming a Christian, admitting that you're a sinner, admitting your need for God, admitting your need for a Savior. It's believing that Jesus is that Savior, that He is Lord, that He is God, that He is the way, the truth, and the life to the Father, and that you commit your life to following Him. You commit to walk with God. It's where we talk about, we remind ourselves of what that is. Well, this morning we're going to look at the story of a man who walked with God by faith. He walked with God by faith for, hear me, 300 consecutive years. 300 consecutive years. Amazing to me to think about that. From this man's walk with God by faith, I want us to explore what does it mean for you and for me to walk with God. Wherever you are in this spectrum between Chad and Chelsea, where is that for you? So to look at this, let's go to a man named Enoch. And he's found walking with God by faith in Genesis 5. So if you have your Bible, would you take and turn over to Genesis chapter 5? Genesis Chapter Five. We're going to look at verses twenty one to twenty four. So, Genesis Five. Jude 14 tells us that Enoch came seven generations after Adam, and Luke lists Enoch in the genealogy of Christ. Let's just look at verses 21, 22, and 23 of Genesis chapter 5. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Let's stop there. Verses 21 and 22 implies, has this understanding that Enoch didn't always walk with God. Did you catch that? That he didn't always walk with God. He walked for 65 years apart from God. 65 years apart from God. I don't know about you, but growing up in the church, and I think of Bible characters, and I would even think and add Enoch into that, I would think, oh, they always walked with God. That's why they're in the Bible, right? Have you been there? Just like, of course they walk with God. That's just a given. But in reality, we see that Enoch didn't always do that. For some of you, you could identify with this. You came to know Jesus as Lord and Savior later in life. This was Enoch's story. Enoch's life demonstrates repentance. At a moment in time, following the birth of his son, Methuselah, he repents of walking apart from God and walking toward God, walking with God. And it's a continual journey moving forward from that point on for 300 years. In Genesis 5, we have the genealogy from Adam to Noah. And in verse... um, 32, that's where we, it wraps up. They all have something in common. So if you've got your Bible, I want you to look back here for a moment. Okay? So if I could find this, I'll, I'll look for it here. So if you look at verse 5, it says, Thus all the days that Adam lived, that's where it starts, were 930 years, and he died. Then he has Seth, and, and that journey goes on with that, and Seth is going to have um, Enosh... Verse 8 says, thus all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. Then we have Enosh, and he has Kenan. And then you go to verse uh, 11. Thus all the days of Enosh were 905 years, and he died. And then Kenan has Mahalalel. And then you look at verse 14. Thus all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. In verse 15, we have Mahalalel, he's fathered Jared. Verse 17, thus all the days of Mahalalel were 895 years, and he died. Then Jared lived 162 years, and he fathered Enoch. Okay, there's our guy. Verse 20, thus all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. Did, did you catch what happened to all those guys? Okay, you, you got that too. I just wanted to point that out. Because Moses wants to point it out. Because look at verse 24 Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Oh, something's different here. Because then you go on, and guess what? His son, he dies, everyone else dies. The only other person in the Bible that didn't face death was Elijah. Elijah and Enoch. I don't know if your name needs to begin with E, but if you've got a good head start, if your name starts with E, perhaps, I don't know. But to think and understand that death follows each person's life, we would expect this, we get this. I read that and you're kind of like, okay, I, I think I get this. But we need to get the significance of the story of Moses put it in here. Now, I think it would be, is it the emphasis that Enoch didn't die? Is that why Moses put this in here? I mean, I've highlighted it as such. I've set it up as such. It seems to fit as such. But but I want to submit to you that I think there's something even greater than in he didn't die. As crazy as that sounds. What I think Moses is off after here is not emphasizing that. Rather, that there's something more significant. And it's repeated twice in the text. Did you catch what it says? Look back in your Bible to verses 21. He lived with for 65 years. Father in Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. Oh, there's the first time it's said. And then look at verse 24. Say it with me. Enoch walked with God. Twice we have that recorded. That's something that should clue us into the life of Enoch, that he walked with God. And he repeats that in case we missed it the first time so that we would better grasp it. Enoch is an example of one who actually found life despite the curse of death from the fall of man in Genesis 3. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather be known for walking 46,600 miles like Jean-Belieu or as one who walked with God? Now, I'm guessing if we were to ask that question out loud and you were to respond out loud, it's a no-brainer, right? You'd all like, well, walk with God. Of course. Who wants to walk 46,000 miles for 11 years? That's crazy, some people would see it as crazy for you to walk with God. Why would you want to do that? Why not walk your own life? Walk your own pace. Walk your own path. Walk your own journey. In other words, I'd be shocked to find a Christian who would offer walking around the earth versus walking with God. But let's talk shoes for a moment. Or let me just give you a picture of what I'm wrestled with in preparing this message. So you can listen into to what I asked myself and see if you want to ask the same questions. You don't have to, but I did. Bill, how many shares? How many shoes? Sorry, have you gone through, versus the times you've read a book of the Bible? Okay, how many shoes, Bill, have you gone through versus the times you've shared Jesus with others? Bill, how many times have you gone through a pair of shoes versus the times, well, that you've trusted God with all your heart and leaned not on, on your own understanding? So how many times have you gone through a pair of shoes versus the times that you prayed with somebody else in their hearing? Not, hey, I'll pray for you, but actually, can I pray for you right now? Perhaps if you're on a journey like me and your walk's like, yeah, I've gone through a lot more shoes than I've done those. And thankfully, we're under God's grace. But it just spoke to me as I thought, you know, I've gone through a lot of shoes. But I have work to do in my relationship with God. Friends, truly walking with God, I want to submit to you, will cause you to live perhaps differently than other Christians do. Think of it like this. If you have a certain pair of shoes and you were to walk in a fine powder, if you will, I could see your footprint, right? And as you were to do that, for all of us to do that, we'd look at it. If we could, and we'd go, oh, there's various different footprints here. I want to submit to you that it's going to be what your life like Christ is compared to some other Christians. It's like, wow, look at those tracks. Uh, those stand out a little differently than the others. That's all I'm saying. It's just that there's going to be a, perhaps a difference, a, a, a related work and walk with God that like, wow, look at that walk. Those tracks stand out to me. Let me ask you another question. Would you rather be known as one who didn't die or as one who walked with God? Didn't die, didn't have to face death, didn't have to go through that, or one who walked with God? It's a challenge a little bit there for me. You see, walking with God is even more significant than if you never died to think about that, to dwell on that for a moment. That seems crazy, but this is what Moses is pointing out in these verses here. You see, you don't have an option of when you're going to die, given that you're open to God's timing and all that. You don't have an option of whether or not you're going to die, but you do have an option. You do have a choice and how you're going to walk up until that moment you're going to die, That's your call. That's your decision to make. In fact, as I thought about this, what does the word walk signify? If we were to actually just take and break down this word walk and then relate it to Enoch, what does this look like? What does walk signify? Let me give you three uh, facts here. Walk signifies a voluntary act. A voluntary act. Enoch wasn't forced by God to walk with him. Enoch wasn't dragged along by God to walk with him. Enoch voluntarily walked with God. Walk signifies, number two, a steady motion. A steady motion. Enoch didn't stop once he started walking with God. He walked with God for 300 years. A steady motion. And lastly, the word walk signifies progress. 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 Enoch continued forward in his walk with God. His relationship with the Lord, if you will, matured. It matured. You can even write that if you're taking notes beside the progress. It's a maturity with each step. The word walk serves as a great metaphor for living the Christian life. So to put it all together, to walk with God signifies a voluntary act that moves one forward at a steady pace toward God. A voluntary act, it's my call, my choice, that moves one forward at a steady pace toward God. Walking with God. This is a course that is set. In in, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, it it puts it this way. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. This ongoing process walk this ongoing journey with God. So as I thought about that, I just, to process that through, Enoch for 65 years walked apart from God. It was voluntary. It was steady. It was progressively away from God. And then his son is born. Read into that what you will as that changes your life. He repents and he begins this journey of walking with God voluntarily, steadily, progressively toward God. May I submit to you that Enos' walk with God is when we should imitate? And you might go, well, why? I would think it's maybe a decent idea, but why should we do this? Well, let's go back to scripture. Turn your Bible over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, the hall of faith, and guess who shows up? Oh, you you already guessed that. Okay. Let's look at verse 5 of Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Let's stop there. The reason we should desire to imitate Enoch's walk with God is because God commended him for it. God recognized that. That stood out. And so we have it recorded in Scripture as a note to us in the hall of faith of walking by faith. Enoch's voluntary, steady, progressive walk with God pleased God. It pleased God. And you go, well, why is that significant? Well, let's look at verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 11. Perhaps you've heard this verse before. It connects with what's just been said in verse 5. And without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and then he rewards those who seek him. So to grasp this, to understand this, about Enoch. Are you you catching this? Are you grasping this? Hearing what's being said. If Enoch didn't have faith, it wasn't merely that he'd struggle to please God. What does it say? It's impossible. It is impossible to please God without there being faith involved in the relationship and the journey and the walk with God. In other words, never, ever, 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 ever in 300 years would Enoch please God if he didn't walk by faith, walk with faith, walk by trusting God in the journey? It's interesting. If you look at the, the word please in the Greek, it's us This Greek word that we get translated and it means the word please. It's what's most interesting to me is if you go to the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament of Hebrew, back in Genesis 5 where it speaks of that Enoch Walked with God, they use the word Eurwes Te'o. In other words, Enoch pleased God. Enoch walked with God. Walked and pleased. Walked and pleased simultaneously by faith is where this connection comes in. And I think it's important to note that Greek word being there. So to walk with God means to please God, it is a walk propelled by faith. To walk with God means to please God. That's in the original language there, to understand this. And as a walk, as recognized in Hebrews 11, being propelled, being motivated, being driven, being pushed along by faith. At 65 years of age, Enoch believed in God. By faith, he put his trust in the Lord. And the result is that God rewarded him for doing so. Enoch's faith wasn't a, well, God exists... And that's where it ends for him. Enoch's faith was personal. Enoch's faith was a faith that sought God, that pursued God, that progressed toward God. And it's credit to him as righteousness. I, I think if we were to interview Enoch, if we could do that, I believe he'd tell us that walking by faith wasn't easy. I would say, well, I think Grace Hills knows that. I know that. So you had that struggle too, yeah. Well, okay, if that's the case, one of the questions I would want to ask Enoch is this. Enoch, to walk with God by faith, what must you seek to be? What must you seek to be as this follower of God? Let me offer three keys to you. To walk with God by faith, you must seek to be surrendered to God. You must seek to be surrendered to God. This is a walk that's voluntary. The universal sign of surrender, hands up, right? Hands up. Everybody around the country, everyone around the world knows, like, I surrender. I give up. I surrender. Sometimes we see that in worship where people are raising their hands. Well, the way that that meaning there is, like, God, I surrender to you. God, I surrender to you. To walk with God means to be surrendered to him. This means I give up satisfying the sinful sinful desires of my flesh. I, I, I say not my will, Lord, but yours be done. What does it also mean to be surrendered to God? It means I surrendered what I treasure for what he treasures. I surrender my time for his time. I surrender what he wants for what I want. It means I surrender my finances unto him. I surrender my resources unto him. I surrender my life unto him. In other words, I'm holding nothing back. It's fully surrendered, like Enoch. As I thought about this, I I go back to my dog and walking my dog, and I thought, you know, she surrendered to my commands most of the time, right? Right? But on a walk, she did. It was awesome. And you know what that did? That pleased me, and I enjoyed walking with her. I want to submit to you, if you listen to God's commands, not only will you please God, but I believe God will be pleased with you. He'll look at you and go, man, that pleases me. It's fun to walk with you because you're surrendered to my leading, my calling, my direction. So to walk, this is what Enoch did. He was commended for it. And when you walk, your walk is surrendered to God. Well, then you're walking by faith, and that pleases God. A second way, I think with Enoch is in this conversation would share, like, what it, must it be? To walk by faith, you must be, number two, controlled by God. Controlled by God. This is a walk that's steady. Amos 3.3 3 puts it this way to help us grasp what this means to be controlled by God, because sometimes we hear that, and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want the full control of God over me, but look at it this way. In Amos 3.3, 3, it says, do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? So if you're surrendered to God, then you're going, God, I'm under your control. It's a mutual agreement between the two of us. I give up control. I submit you to be the one who's in control. Yes, we get it from a theological standpoint that God is sovereign and is in control. But from my perspective, my view, my attitude is like, God, I am surrendering. And I'm saying you're in control for whatever is before me. As I thought about this, this means I walk with God to the places he leads me. Sometimes the places he leads me, you're like, really? You're leading me here? Do you know where he leads us ultimately? To his presence. The moment you die, if you're a Christian, you've received Christ as your Savior, you're into his presence. That's where he's ultimately leading you. And you're like, I like him being in control of that. This means I walk with God on the paths he has for me between Chad and Chelsea, wherever you are, maybe that path right now is the trial. God's in control, but part of his control is, I have you on this path. Maybe it's the testing, maybe it's temptation. No matter what, you look at it and go, he controls it all. It also means that I walk with God at the pace he sets for me. Maybe you can relate to this, that you get ahead of God, (laughs) or we get behind God. God. But when we say, God, you're in control, we're, we're saying, God, then I want to be at the same pace that you are walking at. Back to my dog real quick, what was really cool over time is the, the journey, the maturity happened in my relationship with my dog is we'd get to a street corner, sidewalk, and she'd be on the long leash, and she'd stop and wait till I got right by her side, and I'd say, okay, and then, you know across the street. She was in submission. She surrendered. She was under my control, if you will, yielding whatever you say. I'm waiting on you. Where's that for you in your journey with God today? That you're waiting on God. You don't get ahead of God. You take it at the same pace. This is what Enoch was commended for. When your walk is controlled by God, you're walking by faith. And lastly, to walk with God, you must seek to be progressing toward God. Progressing toward God. This is this idea of a walk that's maturing toward becoming more and more like Christ. There's an intimacy that's being developed, that's being enriched. This means I live for God's glory, not my glory. This can be hard to do because my flesh desires to seek its own glory. Oh, wait, that's me. That's not you. (laughs) Uh, But I'm being transparent. This means I keep putting one foot in front of the other. I know I'm living for God the more I become like him. I'm progressing towards him, becoming more like him. Going back again to my dog. I always noticed that she wanted to keep progressing. (laughs) She didn't want to stop and go, let's just hang out here and kick back. (laughs) She'd do that after we got back from the walk. She wanted to keep progressing. In the same way, God wants us to keep progressing towards him, becoming more like him, to keep going. And when I progress toward God, it pleases him. And this is what Enoch was committed for, and when your walk is progressing towards God, you're walking by faith. So remember that question I asked earlier, would you rather be known as one who didn't die or as one who walked with God? Oh yeah, that question. Well, consider this question. What if it was possible you could never die and walk with God? What if it was possible you could never die and walk with God? I'm guessing for some of you would say, sign me up, (laughs) put me down. Well, I want to submit to you on the day that you received Christ Jesus as your Savior. You already signed up for that. You see, when I look in Scripture, in 1 Corinthians 15, we see some instructions here, some information here that makes this not just a statement up on a screen, but actually reality for some of us. It's interesting to read this. As I look at this, and what Paul said, he speaks of the rapture of the church, and he says this in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one. Behold, I tell you a mystery: we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. What are you? What are you saying here, Paul? What do you? What do you mean? Well, look at it a little bit further. This idea here that goes into First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, 18. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. This is speaking of the rapture of the church. And after that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever and ever and ever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. That's what he's saying to the church in Thessalonica. That's what he's saying to the church here today. That there is going to be a group of Christians, a group of believers that are gonna be going through life and according to what scripture teaches and holding to a view of of the rapture of the church is that some will be just like Enoch and will be caught up, will be raised up, will be taken up into heaven and not have to face death. So the reality is, when I put that up there, what if that was actually possible? Well, it is possible if you know Christ as your savior. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ offers this. There is no other religion in the world that offers the opportunity to live through life and potentially not have to die before you go to heaven. No one else in the scriptures, no one else in any religious book puts that out there. Only Jesus Christ offers us hope. Only Jesus Christ offers sinners, that's who we once were, eternal life. And yet, even if we do die... Through Enoch's example, we see the power of death is broken. Look at what Jesus said in John 11. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whomever lives and believes in me will never die. Let me give you some reminders here as I close. A few quick reminders. One is this. Remember this. Few will walk with you. Jesus said... In Matthew 7, 14, small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. Only few will find it. Remember that you'll need God's word every step of the way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path, as Psalm 119, 105 tells us. Thirdly, remember this, you'll be tempted to walk in darkness 1 John 1, 6, and 7 says, if we believe we have fellowship, if we say we have fellowship with him when we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk into the light, that's where we want to walk. As he is in light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all our sin, from those moments when we walk in darkness. Last reminder is this, and that is to keep your perspective on the finish line. To be mindful of heaven, to keep your mind on the finish line, As Paul looks, this is what he says, I have fought the good fight. In other words, I have walked my walk with God. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there's in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, not only to me, but also who have longed for his appearing. You see, ultimately, walking with God leads to his presence. And to me, that's a walk worth taking.